Welcome back to the choir room, everybody. So excited to be once again in your feeds, in your ears, in your life, in your day-to-day activities. What are you doing right now? Yeah, you, the one that's listening to this podcast right now. What are you doing? Are you making coffee? Are you taking a drive? Are you on a walk? Did you forget your mask? Because wherever you're going, they're not going to let you in unless you have that mask on. Just letting you know. Take it from me. I know it happened to me just yesterday. It's annoying. Anyway, welcome back. Glad to have you guys. And of course, I'm joined by Matt. How are you today? Yes, I've gone on uh, walks before where I get to the store and I realize that I don't have it. And I take it, you know, takes everything within you to kind of sit back and be like, you're the idiot that forgot your mask. You can go home, get it again, and then go back to the store. Um, But maybe I should be nicer to myself because, you know, this is still a new thing and we're still getting used to having to do that. But it is a uh, it's going to happen to everybody once or four or five six times i'm good yeah there's this gas station that that's like a block away from my uh from my house that serves like this be- and it's gonna sound really crazy but it's true they have like this little little uh like fast food place inside the gas station that has like some of the best chicken tenders ever and i went to go get some the other day got all the way to the door read the sign about you can't have your mask on, ignored it, thinking, oh, wait, I have my mask. Did not have my mask on. like, <laughs> And then I had to walk all the way back home. It's just a lot, a lot, a lot. But, did you go um, back and get the yeah. chicken tenders after? Yeah, I did. Right, so I had good. to walk all the way back, got my mask. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that was like, everybody out here like saying, damn, I forgot my, a- or my mask like I'm Spider-Man or something. And I was like, accurate. accurate. <laughs> yeah, imagine... I'm not going to, I was going to say, imagine like a TV show gets filmed to like document 2020 and it's just a bunch of people walking around in masks. I know. Crazy, right? Did you see that uh, TikTok that went viral a couple weeks ago? It showed like this girl like jumping from a time machine and she's like, whew, what year is this? And then somebody responds to her, it's 2020. And she was like, which part? Uh, The quarantine or the zombies? (laughs) And then the girl's like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh boy! And I can't help but I can't help but think that we might be headed that way. Yeah, honestly, you never know. It, it's uh, it's crazy out here. But hey, we have Glee to make us feel a little bit better and distract us, even though we are uh, not doing a good job of that to start this off. Yes, exactly. Before we uh get overtaken by the zombie swarms, we are here to talk about Glee. Today is season three, episode six. Mash off, baby. We're getting a bunch of mashed up songs. And all of them are significantly better than Hair and Crazy in Love. So we'll take those wins as they come. But uh, yeah, why don't we just hop right into this shit? So Puck is falling in love with Shelby. There, I said it. It's real. They kissed. It's happening. He is fantasizing about her and her underwear and what she's wearing. And he even goes so far as to follow her around the halls. Like, he pushed a bunch of people out of the way so that he could get a second glimpse of her. And she notices this because she's like, wait a second. I just saw you two yards away, and now all of a sudden you're in front of me again. Like, so he is completely infatuated with her. 
And we're going to get the first performance uh, of this episode pretty early on as he starts his uh, Hot for Teacher performance that's going to have like, the entire dream sequence of Shelby stepping on to a stage in the front of the classroom with some uh, some really high heels and a you know unbuttoned blouse and skinny black skirt and just he's just living the Shelby fantasy right now. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he talks in this monologue in the beginning about how, you know, she looks at me and I don't feel like a boy anymore. I feel like a man and she's just been his sub lately. So all he does is sit there during class and daydream about her thinking about what color underwear she has on and just thinking about the two of them and their life together going forward. So yeah, we go into hot for teacher and it's a, fun little number to get things started it's like hey look blaine can be a background singer a background dancer uh shut up finn who just you know thinks that blaine is here to ruin their lives and uh take over the lead vocals in every song that's not the case but uh blaine mike will not will uh finn and uh puck it is a good number and it is by pretty much all of the new directions boys except rory Artie, and of course kurt because he's not dealing with this foolishness But this made me realize just how many girls they've lost. That's what I was going to say about this scene is that they've only got uh, Rachel and Quinn here. Like Tina. Oh, and Tina's there, too. Uh, (laughs) Let's forget about Tina. But Tina wasn't in this scene, though, which was weird. Maybe she was sick that day when they were. Yeah, maybe she was. Maybe she was sick as hell. But um, Will loved this performance. But Rachel thinks it's a little inappropriate. And Puck is just saying, like, well, you know, I. Just dig Van Van Halen because Will's gonna say like, oh, it all depends on like what the intent of the song was. He's like, I just dig Van Halen and that's it. All right, rock on, brother. <laughs> Clearly, the performance was inspired, but nobody needs to know the inspiration. That's just for Puck and Puck alone. Yes, right uh, Shelby is just uh, this entire first, you know, three or four minutes of the episode is just Puck. Every time he sees Shelby, he melts. His little heart melts into a bowl of uh i don't know he's just absolutely infatuated with her and you know the bonus fact of uh potentially being in his daughter's life along with having this hot substitute teacher you know milf uh to to come home to every day that's you know just uh, icing on the cake for for him so he's all in on mm-hmm. getting shelby uh today tomorrow and the next day I mean, I don't blame him. Adina Menzel is hot. She is hot. I, I would, uh, I, well, I wouldn't, but I, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Sue is running an ad telling the state of Ohio that Bert has a baboon heart and is therefore unfit to run for office. And that's her latest tactic. Will is watching this on the evening do- news with Emma and is incensed about all of the disinformation that sue is spreading and it's how she's using uh dirty tactics to win this election and it's just a mess and she must be stopped and emma is like trying to calm him calm him down and say like look 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 what do we teach our kids like you can't give in to her you cannot stoop to her level you cannot play dirty because if you win by playing dirty it's not really winning and i'm like yeah that's all cute and shit emma but like she's she's literally telling people that he has a baboon heart like this is slander like be be angry with him this is bullshit do you Mm -hmm. want her to win or not right yeah it's uh it's it's nice to see uh emma and will i guess are still doing okay after uh that whole fix you debacle from a couple episodes ago i mean obviously we knew that they were uh they're fine but she's gotta she's gotta keep them calm and it's kind of hard to do so when sue is 
not only like trying to ruin Bert's campaign by, you know, going on Sue's corner and doing all that uh, like she usually does, but going on to, you know, putting these ads together with these ridiculous looking graphics and horrible green screen backgrounds and just spreading all this mis misinformation about Bert and, and firing up Bert and Kurt and Will, who is, you know, the pretty much the uh, official campaign manager, even, I guess, Kurt. Kurt was supposed to have the job, but it seems like Will is the one who's doing like the load of the work, especially since Kurt has his own election to worry about. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty rough for them. And uh, Kurt's also not going to take this too, too well as as much as Will's not. Yeah, it's a it, it's a mess. Um, And I would not want to want to run against Sue because I can only imagine all this horrible shit that she would say to me. But um, yeah, he's not the only one that's upset because Kurt is going to approach Sue in her office. Very, very upset with the ad. And saying, do you do you know that like thirty percent of people think that my dad actually has a baboon heart? And Sue's going to assure him, like, look, porcelain, it's not personal. Politics is just about playing dirty. You gotta fling some poo. If you got some poo, fling it. I mean, look at your look at your uh, your uh, opponent, Brittany. She is out here uh, running a very very slanderous campaign and em making empty promises, while you are focused on being so squeaky clean. And we're gonna get a little shot of. Brittany handing out balloons and saying that she's going to get some root beer fountains and robot teachers. And also, she's going to let everybody know that Rachel is on MySpace and therefore she is unfit to lead. Although, I'm not entirely sure. The jury is still out on whether or not Rachel is still on MySpace because I could totally see Rachel still being on MySpace. So, Brittany might actually be right about that. Well, Kurt defends her later and he, t uh, he says to, to Sue, there's no way that Rachel's on MySpace. Nobody is still on MySpace. So, just the editors trying to be cute. You know, it's the year 2011 at this point, I want to say. So, uh, MySpace is probably, what, like three or four or five years? Yeah, probably a little bit more than that. Probably like five years. She was definitely on MySpace <laughs> in her sophomore year because we see it in the pilot episode. So. Okay, yeah. So, I guess in this timeline, it's still a little bit more relevant. But, I mean, I, I don't remember in like real life terms when MySpace was over. But, hey, if, if I'm going to believe Kurt. If uh, Kurt says that Rachel's not on there, then I will uh, take his word for it. YouTube has got to be much more of a thing at this point. Uh, well, Facebook at this point, because I feel like MySpace was middle school for me and then we stopped and then when we got to high school is when Facebook really got like big. Yeah, no, but. it's definitely Facebook is the big thing. It's just, you know, if Rachel was uploading her music videos to uh, to MySpace, hopefully she's at least moved that over to YouTube by now. <laughs> definitely. Get those ads. Um, so, you know, Sue is pretty much trying to tell him, look, like you have to play dirty. You just have to. And it, it is what it is. And maybe you need to also focus on a better cause because, you know, obesity right now is not something that the kids are really going to care about and he's like well bc is a big problem at this school and she's like yeah you know what and in the glee club so there you go get a better cause and so he's you know he's pretty much resolute in his plan he's like you know what maybe i do need a better cause but i'm not going to play dirty so that's where we're going to leave kurt with his uh with his morals mm -hmm. yeah just just setting things up here it's uh it, kurt's obviously been pretty focused on the campaign and he wants to win Brittany is making it a little tough for him with her popularity and uh rachel is not making it any easier uh, you know adding a third person to the race was pretty messed up and uh kurt and rachel are are still not on great terms and not only that, you know, the whole thing with Sue versus Bert is distracting Kurt as well. So Kurt started off this season looking like his life was all good altogether. He had his boyfriend here at school with him, and now things are really just starting to fall apart. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the fuck he was wearing in this season or, or in this scene either. It was very 
was like a leather turban with a braid on it. It was <laughs> very like uh, gay Aladdin chic. I don't know. <laughs> it was strange. Category is <laughs> Shelby. Um, let's will know when she meets him in the teacher's lounge that she kept her promise. She was a little bit afraid because they hadn't spoken since Mercedes, Brittany, and Santana left the New Directions to join her group. She lets him know, like, I kept my promise. I didn't push any of your kids. They all came over of their own accord. Will says, yeah, I know. It was my fault. They, they really felt like I wasn't giving them the attention that they deserve. And Shelby says, no, 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 no. It's just it's their senior year, and they just want their, their time in the spotlight, which I'm like, well, yeah, Will just said that. So, yes, it is his fault. <laughs> but um, they ha-ha and kiki together, and they talk about their letter for sectionals and how they're going to be competing against one another. And Will is sort of, like, lamenting here that the two of them can get along, so why can't their respective glee clubs and he's sad because usually around this time of year they're doing mashups and everybody is so happy everything is so fresh the year is still young everything is so new um and now he feels like they can't really do it and shelby says so why why not and this is going to give will an idea and shelby is in for it so transitioning to the auditorium the trouble tones and the new directions are going to meet unexpectedly on the stage, both having been brought there by the choir directors, but they don't know why. And of course, the first thing that they are going to assume is that their glee club directors are trying to combine groups and nobody is here for it. So a barrage of insults, uh, particularly from Santana, are going to begin to fly across the room at one Finn Hudson. <laughs> yeah, Santana's mean. We know Santana's mean. She's always been mean. She always will be. Um, this episode is very obviously, if you watched it, going to highlight a lot of Santana is just in this like she is like like the mean mode is stuck on. Uh, last episode we saw her, you know, being mean towards Finn, but like while kind of trying to give her own version of advice to Rachel with the, uh, you know, the the situation where Rachel was talking about her and Finn wanted wanted to do it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now Santana's just full on angry and she, you know, she's saying to them, all right, everybody hurry up, go get some moist towels. We have to keep Finn wet so that we can roll him back into the sea. And uh, it's, you know, just a lot of mean comments about Finn and his weight, which I think we've said many times that there is absolutely nothing with Finn and his weight, like not, that's not even us saying it to be like, oh, like, you know, let's just be nice. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, there's truly, like, he has a perfect, there's nothing wrong with his body in any way. Um, and Santana gets, you know, some clap back from, uh, from Rachel, who's like, well, Finn's in great shape and your meanness only highlights your own personal insecurities. So she's not wrong. To which, you know, Santana's going to cut her down saying that she has the mustache of an Iranian dictator. <laughs> it's just like, Ridiculous. But before things can get a little bit too heated, Will and Shelby are going to come on in here uh, with their first performance of the episode. Or not the first performance of the episode, but the first performance that we see the two of them perform together. You and I mashed up with you and I. <laughs> and they, they sound good here. They sound really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know the other you and I. I don't know if you do. Um, obviously, we both know the Gaga you and I in this. It was a duet between Eddie Rabbit and Crystal Gale. It was the first single of Rabbit's eighth studio album, Radio Romance, in 1982. Sounds iconic. You get two songs called You and I, you gotta mash them up, right? So it works very well. Will and Shelby sound great, and the entire clubs are just, you know, gathered around them, and they all start having a good time, even though there was a lot of tension in the air prior. Uh, everybody is getting in on this. Just, uh, you know, the treble tones off on the side dancing on their own. Sugar had some moves go in, and then the New Directions <laughs> are all having a good time. And at the end of this, we see Mercedes once again say, we are not combining Glee Clubs. I know 
know that's why you guys are bringing us here. It's like, would you relax and just let them talk for like two seconds? Uh, that's not what's happening here. But uh, yeah, we are going to be led into our first ever McKinley High mashup competition. So this is a fun way to kick things off uh, with the two of them leading them into it. And yep, now it's all on you guys. I just love how like a friendly competition is what's supposed to get these competitors to stop being mean to one another. I'm like, so you just give, you make them compete and you just put the word friendly in front of it as if that's supposed to absolve all of the tension in the room. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get in theory, I understand what they're trying to do, but have y'all met Santana? Have y'all met Rachel? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's what they, that's what they want to do. Puck. Still up to his antics. After class, he's going to walk up to Shelby and offer her, what is it, an apple? But he gives her a pumpkin because they were out of apples. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> gives her a fucking pumpkin. I guess it is still fall at this point in the, in the season. He's trying to seduce her and, you know, says, you know, you want a mashup? We're like the ultimate mashup. Like, come on. Like, there's a bunch of reasons why we should be together. One is that I'm hot. One is that you're hot. And also, I'm Beth's dad. So, like... Why not actually have Beth's dad in her life? And Shelby says, like, look, Noah, you are you're 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 very nice and you're surprisingly sweet. But that kiss was a mistake. We can't do that again. And Puck is just insistent here. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, come on. Like, you told me that you wanted me to be in Beth's life. And plus, like, you need people around the house. Like, is that uh that crib still on the floor, like deconstructed in your in your condo? And she's like, yes. She's like, see, you need me. I can help you with stuff like that. Let me let me help you come on like you know this is going to happen and she's like no i would lose my job and he's like well only if i ever told anybody which i never plan on doing so uh let's get it on sis <laughs> yeah he says it many times he's like i want you you can't <laughs> deny the chemistry i'm not some kid i'm 18 so we do get confirmation that he is 18 but he's yes. trying to just you know do which makes everything. it legal but not creepy right he's doing everything he can to make this sound like an appealing offer to her and look i mean look at look at the look at their chemistry or their body language look at shelby she's not she doesn't want to close the door to this. Like she is very well aware of the fact that Beth has taken a liking to Puck and that he is her dad and that, or he, you know, was, or however you want to, you know, break that down, uh, whatever. Uh, and he is somebody who really cares about Beth. The only issue here, and I say only as if this isn't a, a very big glaring issue is that she is a teacher and he is a student. And this is very much not okay. I don't care what 18-year-old or how 18, 19, 20 you are. Like, if you're a student of hers, this is just not going to fly. And, I mean, even after this happens, I don't know that anybody would feel the most comfortable with this situation happening. But once he's out of school, I guess you can't really tell him or tell her what to do. It's just this is not the time or the place. And if this is something that you really want to consider, Puck, wait eight months, wait nine months until you're out of this school and maybe try again. But right now, it's just it's, it can't happen. You're, you're literally putting this woman at risk of losing this job that she's getting paid so much money for at the moment from Sugar's dad. Uh, if you want Beth to have a good life, then you probably need to leave her mom alone. Yeah, it's it's just it's just not a good look at all. <laughs> You know, he's going to end this by saying, you know, this is going to happen again. You know, it is, which I just find to be so predatory. Like, who like who says shit like that? But all right, Puck. Puck, don't give a fuck. Will 
is going to uh, start up the next glee rehearsal and letting them know that they really need to focus on the mashup and what they're going to do. And a few of the members are going to throw out a few ideas and artists that none of them really seem to coalesce into anything of substance. Um, and Finn is going to ultimately suggest, because you know what Finn does, he likes to take control of conversations and stand up and get in front of the classroom like he's Mr. Shu. Um, no, no wonder Mr. Shu likes him so much. Um, he's going to say, you know what? I think that we should do Hollow Notes because they were a band that went through a lot of shit together, but they ended up sticking through it all through the long haul. And he's also going to go even further and say, I think that we should give the solo to the new guy. We think it's going to be Blaine because he stands in front of him, but no, it's the boy behind Blaine, Rory, which you can see Blaine sort of like hide the the uh, little surprise that he has for this. But Rory's going to turn it down here. He's going to be like, you know, Finn, I don't think that that's a good idea. I'm still not, you know, quite confident in my abilities quite yet. And Blaine says, come on, Rory, you know you can do it. You know, Blaine's still trying to be the supportive person that he is. because, And at the same time, Blaine, you just got off an entire year of getting solo after solo after solo after solo. You can deal with not getting a damn solo. Especially, it's not even like as if this is a... Uh, performance at a competition this is just a well it is a competition but it's not sectionals or regionals or anything like that so you can afford to give somebody else some time to to shine here. yeah especially it's the new guy like, and he's on. not fighting it at all he's like all right sounds good like he you know thought that maybe there was going to be some kind of peace treaty or peace whatever from uh from finn here where it looked like finn was about to offer him the solo as if you know he has full decision on how this goes uh i think will should be the one making these decisions but uh blaine you know he does he does just take it very well he just sits back and he's like yep uh rory we are here for you great idea finn we uh we should do this so yeah we're always going to thank him later in the hallway for sticking up for him and also for uh, suggesting him to for that solo and he apologizes for not sticking up for him earlier when santana was uh clowning him before the um performance by will and shelby and Finn tries to, you know, you know, he panics just, you know, it's fine. Like, you understand, like, what trash talk is. That's what all Santana does. He tries to get in your head and, you know, make you believe that you are a loser so that you will end up actually losing. It's all mind games. You can't, you just, you got to just let it go. And uh, Brittany and Santana are going to walk by. And Finn is just going to try and show Rory what he means when he talks about trash talk and says, and says to, <laughs> to Santana, Hey, Santana, you look like an assless J-Lo. To which Santana is like, bitch, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, then Rory tries to uh, do it on his own as well. Rory chimes in with, yeah, you're skinny like all the crops failed on your family's farm. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So then Santana hits him back with, "Uh, that is the lamest thing that I've not understood a word of. Not one word. Is that really all you could come up with? You seriously think that you can out-insult me? I'm from Lima Heights. I was raised on its insults. It's how my abuela put me to sleep at night, and she is not a nice lady. You know, she tried to sell me once, and it wasn't until kindergarten that I learned my name wasn't Garbage Face. He's like, uh, and then Finn says that they're going to have to settle this another way. Today, after school, bring your trouble tones. She's like, are you suggesting what I think you are? He says, yes, I am. Dodgeball. Before the game, Rachel asks Shelby uh, to sign a letter of recommendation for her, thinking that the pedigree of a national show choir, like nationally renowned show choir um, director is really going to make some noise at the Niata for her Niata application. Um, she's already written it as well, which when I first saw this episode, I was like, wow, like she's so fucking ballsy that, to write her own shit. But then I found out that this is actually kind of common practice for a lot of people. They write their own things and then they have somebody look at it. And if they agree with it, then they sign it. So, you know, 
not far out of the realm, yeah, I it's guess. Not, it's not a bad idea if you're willing to put in the work. I mean, these teachers have to write a million uh, letters of recommendation, all these people that do this for you know high school seniors this time of year. So if you can, uh, I mean, I, I definitely don't think this is uh, you know unheard of. Shelby is, of course, going to agree at once. And as Rachel takes the uh, signature away, she's going to say, um, Shelby's going to say, you know, I'm really proud of you. You really are a star. I really admire your ambition. And, you know, I'm not going to be the first to be a little bit jealous of all the things that you have going on in front of you. But I also will be the one that's cheering you on as it happens. And Rachel is sort of, you know, taken aback by this and is very appreciative to hear that. And so she says, you know what, how about you write your own letter then? To which Shelby's, you know, also going to be taken aback and take the uh, application so she looks at all of the uh things on her resume she's gonna say like damn like i'm gonna feel really bad for all the other people that don't have all this stuff in their cvs they have no chance at all of getting into niata and rachel is gonna look guilty here because she knows that there is one body or one person that isn't gonna have all this stuff and so she feels a little uh shitty about it yeah she looks pretty mortified as soon as shelby says that she's like Oh, wow. Uh, she like she meant it when she said that Shelby knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing, that like her signature will get some respect from people at Niata because of how accomplished she is. So to hear Shelby be the one to say this, that like, yeah, if somebody doesn't have these accomplishments that you have, like it would suck to be them because they're not going to get into Niata. And after all this journey that Rachel went through with Kurt to have them both have this dream of going to Niata, it really hits her here that she's like, wow, I really took this away from him, didn't I? Like, he doesn't have anything. He wanted this one thing. Uh, you know, she's going to talk about it later that, you know, she did get the part in uh, West Side Story and that is now on her resume where it wasn't before. And she's going to try to also take class pr president. Like, you really need to take all of that from Kurt. It's pretty messed up. But, you know, at least she comes to realize this it in this moment good for you rachel for realizing it when shelby says it but not when kurt says it <laughs> yeah but rachel is going to approach kurt at the dodgeball game to talk about the niata applications kurt is giving her the silent treatment and so she's just gonna be like look kurt i i really really miss you and i, I hate that we're not friends right now and he says well you should have thought about that before your uh, borderline sociopathic climb to the top and stepping all over everybody and game on no more time for a reconciliation the game begins and cue Hit me with your best fucking shot, bitch, mashed up with one way or another. Yes, this is such a fun number. Such, such a fun number. Uh, the, you know, just the Glee finds different ways to, you know, take mashups and get them out of the classroom, get them out of the choir room, get them off of the stage. And like they've, you know, the last time was the football field and now we're in the gymnasium playing dodgeball. So I love this. It's just very fun little Glee moments. Artie's, you know, getting pushed around on the dodgeball court. Like at least they allow him to play. He's got these goggles on to keep him safe and we just get a bunch of shots of all the kids getting smashed in the face with dodgeballs like all of them and they you know they take the shots pretty pretty well uh just a lot of fun choreography here mostly from the the uh treble tone treble tones side with britney and some of the other cheerios that have seemingly joined in on the club uh and they're all just dancing the whole time and you see rachel protecting her nose her precious little nose uh santana is killing this number with the vocals and also doing a great job at the dodgeball game itself uh at the end of it she's going to nail finn right in the face and they end up winning the game to which you know 
it's a great number. They do a great job playing and winning this game. It comes down ultimately seemingly to just Santana and Finn. Santana wins the game for her side. And then at the end of this, Rory comes over and they start beating this poor guy down with the dodgeballs. So not only are they trying to like get him kicked out of the school, like when he first arrived, everybody was, you know, go home. Nobody wants you here. Now they are truly just taking dodgeballs and beating this kid after the game is already over. So it's a rough look for him like luckily kurt rushes over at the end of this and he's like screaming at the girls to like stop he's like stop he's pleading this game is over you guys are being so mean <laughs> and uh santana's not having any of it she's like oh shut up calm down calm down grandma but like it's it's <laughs> it's fucked up it's like i mean why do you gotta pummel the poor kid he's already on the ground and like he's in like he's the new guy like what the hell's wrong with you santana it's just she's really on the war path this uh this episode but so i'll spoiler alert i believe this is also one of the numbers that they recreate for the glee project season two except i don't think it's a dodgeball game but i forget what it is but it's just a soft spoiler alert if you like this song you'll well, you'll see it again I that believe. i'm excited <laughs> for uh and then we get sugar at the end of this screaming well we still won like we up. still won <laughs> <laughs> but i love this i love this number so much i like i revisit this a lot like to watch the video and everything it's so good so fresh off the victory of their hard-fought dodgeball game the Trouble Tones are rehearsing and Mercedes is going to come in and tell them that she has come up with an idea for their mashup number. And it's got to be Adele, to which everybody is going to be like, yes, yes, yes. She's going to be going to be like, oh, I sound just like her. Um, the rest of the girls love it. Uh, Shelby loves it. And Santana is like, you know what? This is great because now I can spend more time focusing on how to fuck with Finn. And. Mercedes is going to be like, you know what? Okay. Because she was looking very uncomfortable. Mercedes was not one of the girls that joined in on pummeling Rory with any of the dodgeballs. So she's going to cut it short and be like, look, Santana, the game was fun when we won and everything. But afterwards, it just got really ugly. Let's just, can we just stop here and now? And Santana's like, no, 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 no. I'm just getting started. She's like, no, I said stop. And as the leader of this group, you need to respect what I'm telling you to, to, to lay off those guys. And Santana, who doesn't take well to any kind of authority that's not her own will say well oh leader who the fuck died and made you a queen and mercedes is going to be like well i was the founding member of this club even though it was technically sugar um i was the founding member of this club and i spent all my time coming up with the mashup number while you were spending uh time trying to uh, find a way to make finn hudson cry so i nominate myself as president of the treble tones everybody in favor Everybody but one person raises their hand. Of course, the one person that doesn't raise their hand is Brittany. She says she's unimpressed because Mercedes did not hang up any posters. So she is a loyal bitch to Santana all the way until the end, which I loved. But Shelby states that the majority rules. And so Mercedes is now president. And Santana is like over it, clearly beaten. But she's like, I don't have time for this kind of thinking. Like This, this is so shitty. And Mercedes is like, look, Santana, you are a star member of this group. So you need to represent. I need for you to just play it cool. Please be nice. And Brittany is going to be, like, the last person to, like, nudge her in the good direction here, saying, like, stop the violence in her ear. So Santana concedes, and she says, okay, fine. I will be so nice that the cotton candy won't melt in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, Santana. We we know that you're, you know, the ice queen and that you have a whole lot of evil deep in your heart even if there's some good down there there's a lot of evil in there um why are we why are we being so aggressive here i get that she doesn't like finn and she likes to make fun of him it makes herself feel better about herself but like everybody literally everybody including britney is like you need to chill out like you know no one's saying like it's not even like anyone's saying like 
like you can't insult them once a day. I mean, they probably are really saying that, but it's like she's just going so hard at this. And a lot of the other kids are talking about how, you know, Rachel and Finn specifically are like, oh, this must be because of your own insecurities. And we know that to be true, that she is obviously dealing with a lot on her own and it makes herself feel better to lash out towards Finn and towards the new directions and put them down so she feels better about herself. And it sucks to see that be the case and, you know, the way that she's treating other people. And you really wish that she would, you know, not have to be told by, you know, Mercedes has been on her side for a lot lately. Like they got together in this group and they were supposed to be united against the new directions. We are going to take our time to get our solos. And, you know, if Mercedes is even at the point where she's like, you need to chill, Santana, chill. It's not that it's not that not that serious. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, it's 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 not like it's like, it can't even be that fun for you. Like, really? Like, it's just. And, and the fact is that she's not even going to freaking listen. She's going to go off, find Finn. And I'm making air quotes, apologize uh, to him. Not an apology. She's like, uh, you know, and, and and I like the fact that Rory is going to step in and be like, you know, you can't pick on Finn anymore. Like, Rory is growing some balls here, even though he just got pummeled in the face. Yeah, they're giving Damien... Uh- they're, they're giving Damien some good, like, content here. Like, they're really involving him, and I, the, I'm i noticing it a, a lot more, as I, you know, said during our Glee Project podcast, that I was like, I'm going to keep an eye out on Damien now that I know, you know, just who he is and what he means to the show. And he was obviously a big person uh, coming into the season. People were excited to see the winners of the Glee Project, and, like, now I'm noticing more how much they're giving him to, like, highlight him for the that section of the fan base that really wanted to see him. So it's uh, fun to see him here as, like, Finn's sidekick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he has lines in, like, every episode that he's in. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't that featured in the uh, uh, West Side Story. But he still got that with little well open, but he <laughs> yeah. still had that line, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Santana is trying to uh, apologize and yep. say, you're not fat. I should know. I slept with you. I mean, at some point I must have liked that you look like a taco addict who had one too many back alley liposections. I am sorry, Finn. I mean, really, I'm sorry that the new directions are going to get crushed by the trouble tones. I'm also sorry that you have no talent. I'm sorry that you sing like you're getting your prostate checked and you dance like you've been asleep for years and somebody just woke you up. Have fun riding Rachel's coattails for the rest of your life. Although, you know what? I would watch out for her on the holiday holiday time if I were him because if I were her, I'd stick a stint to one of those boobs and let the Finn blubber like the Hanukkah lamp for eight magical nights. Uh, yeah, that's cringy. Uh, and Finn's not going to take this one very well. He turns around, decides he's ready to stand up for himself. And he says to her, hey, Santana, why don't you just come out of the closet? You know, I think I know why you're so good at tearing everybody else down, because you're constantly tearing yourself down, because you can't admit to everybody that you're in love with Brittany and she might not love you back. That must hurt to not be able to admit how you really feel. But you know what I think you are? A coward. And we're also going to see one of the Cheerios hear this conversation when he says, why don't you just come out of the closet? Clearly, Santana is stunned. She she freezes in the middle of the hall. She can't really speak because she just got read for filth. This was a beautiful episode of Untucked. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's not... You know, she she was going over with probably no intentions to truly apologize. Like she had it in the back of her mind that she was supposed to be being nice. But once she gets started, it's just she has absolutely no self-control. And, you know, she's word vomit. Yeah. She's just like, I am here to apologize. Rachel's right. I haven't been fair to you. You're not fat. And then she just keeps going into an insult, you know, a barrage of insults that just continue to, you know, make no progress in what she was told not to do. So nothing has changed here. And 
I mean, this is a big moment here uh, where Finn is going to call her out on this and say, hey, Santana, why don't you just come out of the closet? And this isn't in private. This isn't like just in the Glee Club. This is in the middle of the hallway in front of the whole school. And to this point, Santana has been pretty open enough with the Glee Club members about the deal with her and Brittany and her personally and not not wide open with them, but like they know what the deal is. They know what's going on. But she, it's like, look, there's no justification for outing somebody in any context. Let's be very clear about that. Uh, no circumstance on earth where outing somebody is an okay thing to do. But the way they present this to us is obviously that Finn has been being teared torn down by Santana over and over and over again and the personal insults that have come his way have been pretty harsh and pretty consistent so he just retaliates with the only way that he can think how to do so and hitting her where it hurts he knows that the reason why she has been so mean or she's being so mean is because she's insecure and it's probably about that he's not wrong about that it's just you know the they they write this pretty realistically I think I don't think that like somebody in Finn's position would be afraid to do this. And mind you also that they are in high school. So outing somebody is probably, you know, not even something to Finn that seems as big of a deal. First of all, he's a cis straight white guy. You know, he has no idea how big of implications uh, doing this can have on somebody's life and their, their, you know, health, their, their mental health, all that kind of stuff. Like they have no idea, but this is just a very important glee moment. Uh, and it's going to, you know, lead into the rest of this episode, the next, you know, the rest of the series, honestly, as Santana has been keeping this in for a while and Finn is letting it out to the world, to this cheerleader that just overheard and to everybody. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Santana, if you can't take the heat, you probably shouldn't dish it out the way that you do. And I can agree with Matt to a certain extent. Um, I'm not a fan of outing anybody. I don't think that people should be outed. But at the same time, you cannot expect to continuously tear somebody down over and over and over for, for like months at a time and then expect for them to not say anything back to you. That's um, because, I mean... It wasn't even necessarily that mean-spirited from Finn. He knew that it would hurt her, but it wasn't as if he was calling her out for being gay. He just said, why don't you stop tearing everybody else down and like deal with your shit? Because you are you are attempting to hurt me because you can't deal with your own shit. So deal with your own shit before you start coming after me. So, yeah, I mean, Santana, I mean, hey, like, you brought this upon yourself. In my opinion, I feel like you are you are not a very nice person a lot of the time, and while a lot of us live for it, your your shit is going to have repercussions at some point. And this is this is one of them. And hey, in real life, I have to imagine that somebody in Santana's position, like I get that she's being mean because of her insecurities, but like you have to imagine that if there are people out there that know a secret of yours that you are trying to keep to yourself, that realistically you would not like, be this why? mean to them. Yeah, like there's. It's it's hard to believe that even Santa like Santana is mean, but she's not that stupid. Like she should know that if she continues to push him or anybody in this much, like you know, any anything you can use on people in high school, it is a vicious, vicious place. High school and information is pretty powerful. And if people don't know this, but some people know this, like having things spread about you, rumors, as we saw in that rumors episode last season, like they can really do some damage. So. I don't know why she, you know, continued to push when she knew that she was keeping something, but I don't know. It's uh it's it's a lot to uh to unpack here with this scene and you know, we'll, we'll get into a lot more of it as it continues to uh play out. Right. 
We're going to check in with Bert here. Another ad is being run by Sue. She's keeping up with the bamboo and heart antics, but she's also adding the fact that Bert is also married to a donkey, which is so disrespectful to Carol. Like, I wish Carol was in this scene so we could see Carol get, like, pissed off and, like, want to beat the fuck out of Sue. But, mm-hmm. alas, she's not there. Um, and Bert tells her, like, what are you doing? You need to do something about this. She is killing us. Like, come on. And Will's like, look, like, you're you, you are still a man of the people. You're still on the right side of all the issues. Everybody knows about what you did during the recession and how you took a pay cut to not have to furlough any of your employees. Like, come on. Like, we're, we can still get through this. And Bert's like, no, that's not good enough. Like, you need to do something about this because you she's going to win and then you're going to lose your job. Is that what you want? So things are still looking a little bit dire in this uh, election right now because Sue is just not letting up at all. Yeah, Will, as mentioned earlier, is the person that has, you know, been pretty much in charge of this campaign at this point. Not that we've seen him do a single thing. Like, he really hasn't done anything to make this campaign any easier on Bert. All he did was, like, inspire him to be like, well, you can do it. You're the one that can stand up to Sue. I believe in you. You have my full support. It's like, all right, buddy, your support is really not doing a whole lot right now. Uh, he, he, you know, Emma tries to calm him down earlier and be like, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't go at after her at her level. It's like, at this point, Bert is just getting fired up. He's like, well, we have no other option. You need to fight fire with fire or you are going to lose your job and I am going to lose this race. And if we want to win, then what are, what the hell are we playing around here for? So, Will, you got to do something. You can't just sit there with the, the gel in your hair and let it seep into your brain all day. He doesn't say that. Yeah, get your shit together, Will. Get it together, honey. So elsewhere, uh, Quinn is, you know, really getting antsy now. He, he's, she's talking to Puck about... Why hasn't uh, CPS done anything about Shelby yet? Like, what's going on? Did you do something to mess this up? And Puck is like, no. Like, I've been trying to get close to her just like how you've been. Like, I've been trying to be really, really, really nice. And Quinn's like, this isn't good enough. It's not working fast enough. Like, we need to get Beth back because I don't want her to, you know, freak out when I try to hold her when they hand hand them over to her. And Puck is like, I really don't think that we really need to be going down this route. And Quinn's like, no. I am willing to be really, really nice if it means that I can get that baby back. So I'm just going to try and spend as much time with her as possible. And so we're going to see Quinn go over to uh, Shelby's classroom and say, um, I'd like to join Treble Tones. <laughs> Shelby's like, uh, I got to think about that. <laughs> I mean, obviously she has to think about that. Like, there's, She's already like opened the door for Quinn to be a part of Beth's life. And Quinn you know, changed her appearance, but... She was, I don't, this is all before eventually Puck is going to tell Shelby about what happens uh, with Quinn. So she doesn't know that Quinn was doing all this nasty stuff yet, but like Quinn and her have not been on the best terms uh, to say the least. Like they have not been able to really connect in the same way that Puck and Shelby have connected. And I don't mean the kissing. I mean like everything else. They've just, you know had this emotional connection, I guess you could say. And Quinn and her have obviously, it's been a pretty contentious relationship between the two of them uh, since Shelby's been back. So it's only going to make things worse as, uh, yeah, Puck is going to now end up telling Shelby everything like the truth. Yeah, Puck is um, at Shelby's apartment again, helping out with Beth as she's, I thought he was supposed to be the one that was setting up the crib, but she is as he's playing (laughs) with Beth. Uh, because he couldn't understand the directions because they weren't in English. But, yeah, uh, as they're, you know, sitting around admiring Beth and everything, Puck is going to come clean about the fact that Quinn came in and put a bunch of stuff in the apartment to make her look like a bad mom. Shelby is in shock. He's like, why would you do that to me? 
and he tells her, well, we're trying to get Beth back, and I, I wanted to as well, but, like, I know that you're supposed to be her mom, and I, I feel really, really terrible, and I'm, and I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very, very sorry. I came back, and I, I took all the stuff out of the apartment, and he admits to her that he used to think that Beth was a mistake and, like, this wasn't supposed to happen, but now he sees, after all of this time, that Shelby is supposed to be her mom and that he really wants to be a part of her life and he'll do anything to prove to her even after all of this bullshit with Quinn that he really really wants to be involved in her life if she will let him so Shelby is now very aware of the shit that's been going on and is not going to be happy about it she's going to come to school the next day as it's the day of the competition between the next between the two glee clubs and she's very distracted because obviously she's pissed at Quinn. Mercedes is going to come up to her and be like, look, don't worry, Miss C. We got this. We're going to win. I'm going to hit that note just like you taught me. We got it. Santana and Finn are going to do rock, paper, scissors to determine which one goes first. Finn wins, so the New Directions can go first. I would have gone last, but, you know. Right? Uh, Rachel was, like, so excited. She's like, yay! I was like, you love going last. Why are you cheering? (laughs) Right. Like, what the fuck? But New Directions are up first, and they are going to go ahead and Mash up two hollow notes numbers. You make my dream, and I can't go for that. And it's an adorable performance. I really like this song. I like all the songs in this episode. Yeah, they're really good. They they kill all the mashups here, and uh, the guys all have these you know fake mustaches on. And uh, I mean, the Mm -hmm. note here is that not only the I mean. It's a fun number. We get Finn, we get Rory in there, we get Tina in there, we get everybody you know in the mix. Uh, Quinn a little bit with with some vocals here and it's a good number. I mean, by the end of this, the treble tones are clapping for them, but you have to notice that Quinn is still on in the new directions. So she put the offer out to Shelby that she wanted to join the treble tones. And by the time that, you know, we're at least at the, these two mashups, she's still with the new directions, even though we haven't seen her officially get turned down yet. What the fuck was she going to do? Just like get it accepted and then leave this group, like and not be in this number. It's so messed up. Yeah. She was absolutely going to leave them behind. She's shooting, you know, smiles, big-ass smiles at Shelby, which Shelby is not returning. And Puck is also shooting uh, not big-ass, like, real-ass smiles at Shelby. And Shelby is, like, you know, just giving him a confused look. But obviously, she knows what's happening. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a it's a really solid number. I like it a lot. <laughs> yep, it's really good. And, uh, like, like you said, all of the numbers in this episode are really good. So just like Sue and Bert are running for Congress, Rachel... Brittany, Kurt, and I forget the other guy's name, Rick the Stick, are all voting or running for senior class president. Rick the Stick is up first during the debate, um, and he pretty much says that because of the fact that his parents are the ones that paid taxes and the taxes go into the teacher's salaries, that makes the teachers the employees of the students, and that maybe sometimes... The teachers should be the ones to stop talking and not the students because everything they say is so boring to which a bunch of the rest of his fellow hockey members, hockey team members are going to cheer for him. So that's Rick the Six campaign. Shut the fuck up, teachers. Next up is Brittany. She says tornadoes are nature's most destructive force. These violent storms have ravaged America, crippling communities all across our land. Isn't it time we take a stand? If you honor me with being your next class president, I will make tornadoes illegal at McKinley, keeping you and your families at our school safe from their murderous rampages. Also, on Tuesdays, I pledge to go topless. There we go. There it is. That's the that's the cause. I'd vote for her. <laughs> I mean, I would vote for her before she gave that speech. 
yeah, all of the hockey team and the uh, Cheerios all all are uh, cheering for that. So there we go. Next up is Kurt. And Kurt is going to take a little bit more of a reserved approach and say, um, but first of all, before I move on to that, I, I love the fact that as Brittany is talking about tornadoes, it, you, you get a shot of Santana and Santana is like nodding like, yes, yes, Brittany. Yes, I'm tornadoes. Like, what? <laughs> Kurt is up next and he is going to actually take a stand against bullying. And he thinks that one of the things that contributes the most to bullying culture within high schools is dodgeball and you know i mean he would have first-hand knowledge of this being that he just participated in a dodgeball game that resulted in a bloody nose just the day prior so uh he thinks that in order to change the culture of bullying in high school one of the first steps that they should take is getting rid of dodgeball and outlawing it which santana's gonna be like bitch no He's not really met with a lot of applause after this, but there are supporters in Blaine and Mr. Shu and even Shelby, I think, gives a little bit of an applause here. Um, we see Rachel watching him give this speech the entire time, seemingly looking uncomfortable, but also looking rather touched with what he's proposing here. Um, he wants to make McKinley High a safer place for all students. So, Yeah, it's it's not a speech, like you said, that goes over the the best with everybody then people aren't the most receptive to it but he's also like kind of lacking confidence i think he feels like britney and her yeah. topless campaign is taking off and rachel you know rachel running in the first place really knocked him down a peg so he's just lost inspiration to really push for this to be a really good campaign and he's also not taking the suit route that she suggested where he's not going any different you know way from how he wanted to do his campaign he's just going to stick to the things that he feels are important and whatever those are that's that's how he's going to run this campaign and again it's not the most uh it doesn't receive the best reception from the crowd but maybe things will change a little bit with this next speech because uh you know he really needs something to to boost his campaign here Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that Bert is also there to uh, support his son, which is nice. And Beast actually shows up as well, but she doesn't have any lines. You'd love to um, see it. But then Rachel's up next. She says, hello, I'm Rachel Berry, and I have campaigned for president on a crusade for school book covers, a plan to save the school thousands of dollars. While I still consider this plan an inspired stroke of political genius, I hereby withdraw my candidacy and urge you all to vote. Vote for Kurt. Oh my God! Vote for Kurt Hummel. <laughs> He's the only candidate here today who never went negative. He's the one who deserves to be president. He deserves your votes. Vote Kurt Hummel. Really, a uh, bit of a shocking twist here. Uh, Bert or uh, Clayne, uh Oh my God! I cannot get these names straight. Finn and Blaine are very happy to see this. They all give Rachel a smile as she sits down. Kurt is shocked the entire time and can't even bring himself to look at Rachel as she sits down next to him. But, yeah, she's uh, she's done competing, and he's going to approach her later on in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So that's a cute uh, ending for this. I don't know. I'm not going to call it cute because uh, I take that back because Rachel, that she makes all of these mistakes and messes up her relationships and her friendships. And then she comes around a couple episodes later and realizes how much of a mistake she made. And, you know, she tries to fix it because otherwise she will have a whopping zero friends from the one or two that she had prior. It's like it, this, you know, uh, maybe I need to stop giving Rachel credit for coming around in these kinds of moments. Uh, I understand why you are uh, heavily at the point of like fully revoked 
invoking the stand card. Uh, every time we think it's getting better, it just it doesn't. Uh, one of these days. I still I still think season four might be it. Uh, Rachel is going to give it up to Kurt here. And yeah, she says to him in the hallway that she should have withdrawn from the race when she got the lead in the musical. You needed the resume boost to get into Niata, but you're already, you know, you're already so spectacular, but being senior class president will really put you over the top. So maybe with our combined force, uh, you know, all the people that like me in the school, nobody, uh, being voters for you now will uh, hopefully give you the edge here. And they make up here, which is, you know, I guess nice because Rachel is like a hated seeing that you hated me. And he's like, yeah, I hated hating you too. She's talking about how my part of my New York dream is not just going there. It's going there with you because I know this, this is your dream and this became our dream. And I really want to help you win this election. So friends, friends, back to being friends. And yeah, like I, it's hard for me with Rachel right now because of the fact, I mean, if you if you could have the wherewithal to understand that what you did to Finn was wrong and trying to sleep with him just so you could act better, I don't understand why you also didn't make the revelation that you not withdrawing your candidacy earlier was not was not beneficial for Kurt. Like, I just, like, do you want him to come with you? Like, come on. But yeah, I mean, she understands the errors of her ways and Kurt is willing to forgive her, so it's not my battle anymore, but secretly fuck Rachel. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn is going to show up at Shelby's apartment. Um, she says, hey, I was in the neighborhood. Lie. Uh, she says, I thought I'd drop this off for Beth as if it was something casual, but she'd had it wrapped up like in this pristine as pink bow and everything. Shelby is not receptive at all. I mean, you can see as she opens the door that she immediately looks at her and doesn't even speak and just go, um, goes over to the door to, to close it because she had just gotten Beth down. Quinn's going to say, oh, you know, I left a bunch of voicemails, but she never gave me a straight answer as to whether or not when I could come over. And she was saying, I really, you know, wanted to help out a little bit more with Beth to get to see her more. Shelby says, I don't think that's a good idea. And Quinn's confused here because she doesn't know that Shelby knows. And she wants to still join the Trouble Tones, but Shelby's like, hell nah. Not gonna and happen. Shelby's like, bitch, okay, cut the shit. I know about the hot sauce. I know about all those damn books that you left in my apartment. And you thought that calling CPS was going to like be the magic ticket for you to just get my baby? Like, And Quinn's like, she's not your baby. She's like, yes, she is. Quinn, like the same way you were trying to tell Rachel last year that Finn is not his and that it's over. This is Quinn telling you that she's like, that Beth is not yours. She may have came out of you, but she's not yours. Mm-hmm. Being a mom is so much more than just birthing. About It's about sacrifice. It's about knowing that you don't matter, about that all of the things that are important to you in your life have to come second to whatever is most important for the baby so that they are happy, so that they are healthy, so that they are safe. That's it. Yeah, and she hits her back with like, well, you gave yours up for money. At least what I did was best for my baby. You were just a cash whore. Ouch. Um, And I mean, look, this is a pretty rough argument here from uh, at least from Quinn. You know, Shelby's making the right points. You know, she's talking about how uh, she doesn't feel comfortable with Quinn around Beth anymore. But Quinn is at the point where she really didn't expect that uh, Shelby knew about this. So she's really caught off guard here and uh, she doesn't really know how to react or how to handle it. She's asking, like, is Puck going to get to see her? Was he the one that told you about this in the first place? Like he must have been. Nobody else knew about the details of this. So obviously, if she found out it was through Puck. But uh, Shelby's like, no, we're done here. I hope that, you know, you take this as a wake up call Uh, just because you take out your nose ring and dye your hair blonde again that doesn't make you any less lost than you have been this whole time so this you know this isn't going to be enough you're not joining the trouble tones you are not seeing beth if you are going to continue to act like this and obviously like continue to try to take away my daughter from me so uh not the greatest look from quinn fabray i just want to know what was in the box that she left for beth 
That's all I want to know. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Probably more hot sauce. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, things are not good between the two of them. So, yeah, it's not looking good. Back at the school, Becky's going to come to Santana and say that Coach Sue needs to see her. Uh, Santana is confused. She walks into Sue's office where both Bert and uh, Mr. Shu are there. Okay, tell me something. Did your stomach like drop when you saw this scene? I don't know if like you had the same you know physical reaction that I did, but like when you get called into the office like this, like I don't know that it ever happened to me. I, maybe I'm just like speaking from like a fear that I would have had. Um, you just see like all these people sitting around, and you are obviously the focus of this group. That like everybody is here to to talk to you and to get your reaction on what's about to happen, and you know we're going to see that they're trying to help her through this and all, but like, just, it's like, it makes your stomach drop to see Santana walk into the room because you know that she must've been like feared for her life. Yeah. Because what, what exactly can they say to her, you know? And it's not like, and it's weird because it's Sue's office, not the principal. It's just very weird. So yeah. I, uh, and the fact that, you know, Mr. Shu is going to like put her hand on, put his hand on her shoulder. She's like, what the fuck? Like what's going on here? So Sue's going to be like, look, I, um, something has sort of like come out. And I might be the blame. I set the tone for this campaign uh, to be the newest congresswoman. And I've said a lot of things that are not true. And I don't feel good about it. And this might end up having an effect on you, essentially. Mr. Shu is going to say, like, Santana, I have the number of a uh, professional counsel that deals with stuff like this. And Bert is going to say, uh, you know, I also have some firsthand knowledge of this, so I, uh, I might be able to walk you and your family through this. Santana is still very confused, but Bert is going to say, like, I got a, t- a tape of an ad that's going to run uh, by one of both me and Sue's opponents for Congress. And uh, Sue's going to say, one, um, apparently he has a niece that goes to the school, so there was a cheerio that we saw over here Finn talking to Santana earlier, that was his niece, and she overheard a conversation that took place. And so we hear the ad, and apparently it's trying to smear Sue as a lesbian, which, homophobic for one, like who the fuck cares if she's a lesbian? But it also says that she doesn't have a husband, and she also has a head cheerleader that also happens to be a lesbian. So what's going on there, Sue? What's going on? And of course, this completely is going to out Santana to not only the student body, but pretty much everybody in the state of Ohio, people that don't even know her. Um, And so she's in tears and can't believe this is happening. She hasn't even got the chance to tell her parents yet. And it's just a mess. Yeah, this is uh, pretty rough for all parties involved, specifically Santana. But it's, um, you know, the obviously the video is like highly homophobic. And that's gross on its own but also illegal to do what put a minor in your shit oh. without like their parents permission like she's a minor you can't do that unless she's 18 but mm-hmm. i don't know it just seems a little it seems a little illegal <laughs> yeah the the campaign being here like uh there's you know two th- this woman is a lesbian and she has a lesbian on her team like when were you going to tell the community sue sylvester that you have this kind of stuff going on in your uh, in your Cheerio squad. And I mean, what else can you even say about this video? Obviously disgusting, obviously terrible that this happened to her. You know, the Finn thing, I think, you know, we were talking about, well, Finn had been pushed to his breaking point. So maybe people are going to understand
understand why he did that over this. There's no, you know, no justification for this. That stupid Cheerio, who, of course, we don't even know her name. Uh, we don't know this guy, you know, who, who these people are. They're not characters that are important to the show. Point is that, you know, that Santana put a whole lot of bad out into the world with a lot of what she was doing. Uh, Sue did as well, and it's really coming back around on both of them here, where they are both getting, you know, Sue is getting her campaign taking a big hit because of this video that just went out. Santana is having her life take a big hit because of this video that just went out. So it is really sucky uh, for Santana. Finn and Will and Bert and all of them are in there trying to be like, we know this sucks. We will do anything that we can to help you out. It's just what can even happen here to make Santana feel better. She, you know, runs out of the room screaming that she can't believe this is happening. She hasn't even told her parents yet. So this is not a fun time. Yeah. I can't imagine getting outed to not just the school, but also to the public. That's just a lot. I mean, she's still too, she's too young and just so many people end up killing themselves over this very thing. And it's just completely irresponsible. And, you know, it's just, it's just not good at all. We're going to blend this right into the Troubled Tones. They're up next um, for the performance in the mash-off, which they clearly won, by the way. Let's just go ahead and put that uh, argument to rest. They are performing Adele's Rumor Has It mashed up with Someone Like You. Beautiful, 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 beautiful solo here for Santana and for Mercedes. I have like had an argument about this number for so long with one of my friends because in this performance, Mercedes sings the first verse, and at the end of the baby, is that really what you want? The lights go down. You see Mercedes look over at Santana. Santana looks hesitant, looks back at Santana, or looks back at Mercedes, and then Mercedes just keeps singing. I always took that to mean that Santana was supposed to come in at that point, but then didn't, and then so Mercedes goes on. But my friend is like, no, I just think that. I don't know. I don't know what my friend thinks. I just think, but she, he doesn't. Be, he doesn't believe it. I don't know if you've actually noticed that part, but like, it's just a moment of contention that I've talked about for years at this point, and I wanted to get your take on it. <laughs> um, I can't believe I've never heard this before. I've never heard this kind of debate before because this is uh, we're gonna have. I feel like we have the most of anything in this episode is to talk about this number, this you know very iconically moment here, uh, and. Um, I can definitely see it from the way that you're saying, because she turns to her, you know, and Santana's like very shaken up because this is clearly very soon after she finds out that she has just been outed to the entire state of Ohio. And, you know, I can easily see that she would have not been ready. I mean, eventually she is going to be because she's going to come in for, you know, the rest of the song and be just fine. So maybe she just wasn't ready to sing just yet. Is it, you know, that's what you're saying. I, I can see that. I don't know if I have an opinion. Uh, maybe I have to rewatch it with that specific focus in mind, but uh, that's a very interesting take on it. Yeah. I was like, it's just always kind of how I interpreted the, uh, the scene actually upon watching it this time around. I also sort of was like, well, maybe it's not particularly that maybe it's just that she looks scared as fuck right now. And, Mercedes is like looking at her like are you good like are you good to continue like mm -hmm. yeah because she's she's emotional throughout the entire performance um we see her as her and Brittany you know cross paths throughout the choreography the two of them you know share glances at one another I think I guess we're supposed we're supposed to take it that they know what's going on like they don't know that the, the ad hasn't run yet but Santana has told them what's I don't know. I really, I really don't know like how many people are supposed to know. But Brittany and Santana both look rather 
upset throughout the number. I don't know if that's just acting on Britney's part because it's a sad-ish song. Um, but uh, it's just a, it's an, it's a, I think that this performance is so iconic because there are so many layers to it. I mean, the fact that it's Adele and it's two such iconic numbers, that's one thing. The fact that it's Britney and Mercedes and Santana, that's another thing. But also just the performance that they give, the acting in this number, the choreography in this number is just some of the best that we've seen um, in Glee, period. So it's just such an iconic number. And I'm just going to come right out and say it. it's my favorite song. Like, it's my favorite song of the episode. Like, it's just, it's so good. It's so well done. And it's so uh, weaved in so well to the story as well. So props to Amber, Riley, Naya Rivera, and Heather Morris for this. I was... It. I got to admit, I was pretty worried coming into this episode. You were going to have some Valerie like take of like, yeah, it's good, but like it's so overplayed and overdone and everybody loves it so much. So my favorite song is something else. Uh, And I still feel like I can easily see this like not making your end of season list, which don't spoil me on it now. But uh, like, I don't care how overplayed it is or how, you know, it's like this is the Glee song that everybody thinks of. If you ask some random Glee fan on the street today, what was your what's the song you remember the most from Glee and you know not uh, not don't stop believing? It's the Adele mashup from season three. It, this is the number one answer on the board that everybody remembers listening to it, downloading it, buying it, playing it a thousand times over and just this is the most the biggest thing that Glee had done to this point. It passes Teenage Dream, it passes Don't Stop, or I don't know if it passes Don't Stop Believing, but it is just the biggest thing, and it smashed the charts beyond belief. It just killed the charts so, so bad, like, so good, in a good way. Um, it, it was just, it was a big thing, and it still is, like, the impact that people still remember it having to this day is just great. And when you remember the context of the scene and everything that happened surrounding it, when you remember why Santana is so emotional in this number, it's just, it's good. It's, it's, it's a really, really big moment in Glee. So I'm glad that it was your favorite number of the song. And I'll go out and say that it's my favorite as well. Um, I was planning on asking you when we get to this, I want to ask you what your second favorite is, because I was hoping that this was a very obvious number one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just too obvious to, to, to put on the back burner. I just had to come out and say it. The scene that's coming up after this number, I want to put the clip in here. So I want to I want to let you guys all listen to how this plays out afterwards, uh, where, where Santana is going to confront Finn. And maybe it's just because every time there's a slap involved, I want to make sure that uh, you guys all hear it for yourselves. So uh, here's that. What did you just say to her? I said I thought you were great. No, you're lying. No, he literally just said that. You tell her too? Santana. Everyone's gonna know now because of you. The whole school already knows. And you know what? They don't Not just the school, you idiot. Everyone. What are you talking about? Yeah, she's uh she's at a she's reached the boiling point. I mean now she I mean it's 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 to the point now where it means it's one thing when it's just Finn talking to you in the hallway is another thing when you realize that your entire life is about to change and there's nothing that you can do about it. You're completely out of control of the spread of information. And this is one of the things that Santana said that she was the most afraid about back in season two when she came out to Britney. And she's like, I'm just afraid of what everybody's going to say behind my back. Like, what am I, how am I supposed to deal with this? Um, and this is, this is it. Like now she has to worry about it. Everybody, everybody treating her differently. Everybody, you know, saying things that she won't be able to defend herself on. And it's, it's, there's nothing that she can do. And so all she can do is like really, you know, point her aggression towards the person that she believes is the reason why this got out in the first place. Um, and 
yeah, Finn is partly to blame. She also has blame. There are a lot of moving parts of the situation, but it's just a sucky situation to be in. And I, I feel for her here. I mean, I, you know, violence is never the answer, but I mean, Finn's a big guy. Like a slap on the face from a girl, he's gonna be fine. Like it's okay. Behind the scenes <laughs> stories, uh, apparently that this was like a real slap. <laughs> that uh, Corey had no idea that he was getting slapped by Naya. I imagine it was not as hard as uh, it sounds on the show, but uh, apparently, like the directors had told Naya to go up and actually hit him because they wanted his genuine reaction. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that he knew this was coming, but like getting slapped in the face is still like. <laughs> A really tough thing to take even if you're an actor i can't imagine like you you're like i get his they want his genuine reaction of being shocked but i would have just been like are you kidding me you let her hit me <laughs> i would have been mad i i feel like that's like illegal like i feel because there are a few things like in regulations that sets have to take um to ensure the safety of their of their actors and everything i feel like what probably happened was that they were running it a bunch of times and they were marking it which means that she wasn't actually hitting him but just making the motion and um but she, but he was well aware that it was going to happen but he just didn't know which take i'd be far more willing to believe that rather than like him just getting slapped without any without his permission because that's a lawsuit waiting to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck that this, uh, but this scene is pretty, you know, pretty, I don't want to keep saying iconic, but I'm going to keep saying iconic. Uh, this scene is pretty iconic as, uh, Santana confronts Finn and well, I mean, it's all there. You heard it all just play back to you. She is just blaming Finn for this because he's the one who said it in the first place that, you know, it ended up getting leaked to that Cheerio's ears. Uh, you know, not leaked, but she was right, right there and she heard it. And now Finn's whispering and she's just on edge. She's paranoid. She's worried. And that's, yeah, that's how we end our episode here with, uh, obviously a lot more to come on this. Yeah. 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 Really, really serious shit here. It's getting dark, honey. It's getting dark. Yeah. So we do have what? Five numbers. I believe in this, in this teacher, in this uh, teachers, in this episode, um, one being Hot for Teacher by Puck and the New Directions Boys. You and I, You and I by Shelby and Will. Uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, One Way or Another by Santana, Finn, and the rest of the McKinley High School Glee Clubs. I Can't Go For That, You Make My Dreams by uh, Finn and the New Directions. Rumor Has It, Someone Like You by Mercedes Santana and the Trouble Tones. Yes, so obviously rumor has it someone like you is uh, our favorite from the episode. But hey, uh, number two, let's give it to, or I'm going to give it to, I probably also made this obvious, but hit me with your best shot, uh, mashed up with one way or another. The dodgeball scene is a whole lot of fun for me. They're all good. Every single number in this episode is like really good. Uh, like zero to half a slushy uh, for each song individually, but uh, that one is going to be my second favorite. I am gonna go for I can't go for that and hit me or uh, hit me with your best shot. Um, uh, you make my dreams. I mean, I love you make my dreams anyway. So like, if you have that song, if that song is involved, you're already gonna get major points from me. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm a I'm a bit of a Holly Notes fan, so I can't go for that is also in my wheelhouse, and I just love the performance of it. I like the fact that uh, Rory gets an entire verse as well with Tina. So amazing, love it. All right, slushy ratings. I really enjoyed this episode. I really did. I think that it has some very good writing because you get some Sue lines in here. You get some Santana lines in here. And you get some real character development between both Rachel, or excuse me, both uh, Finn 
and Santana. Uh, I love the parallelism between the students' campaign and the adults' campaign. The music in this episode is just fantastic. Uh, while the Puck and Shelby story is creepy as fuck, um, I do like the fact that Puck, above all else, is still really interested in just being a part of Beth's life, and he wants to have that privilege. And he snitches on Quinn. I think that that's something that Puck would usually never do. But when it comes down to that baby, he's like, look, I'm sorry. We did this. We were about to take her away from you, and I'm sorry. And I just I just really want to continue to have a spot in her life, and I apologize. So this episode for me was very strong. It's zero slushies for me. Okay. Uh, zero slushies. I, I, I get it. Um, I am pretty close to you. I'm only going to give it a half a slushy here. Um, I just feel like the music is perfect. They did a great job mashing up all of these songs. And obviously with this iconic number at the end of the episode, rumor has it someone like you, the Adele mashup will live on in glee infamy forever. Um, so the music is great and the acting is incredible across all aspects of every storyline. Everybody does a great job with some pretty intense storylines, some pretty intense plots that are in here and everybody does a good job with it. I just can't bring myself to put a zero slushy on an episode so heavily focused around an outing. Um, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's like, like it's, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's not a perfect episode because a perfect episode usually has me feeling warm and fuzzy inside afterwards. And I don't necessarily feel that after this as much as I want to acknowledge that everything, uh, you know, with the performances and the acting in this episode is all great and like, you know, top notch on that end. It's just uh, that warm, fuzzy feeling. I really want that before I give it a zero, you know, theatricality, uh, Valentine's Day, all that stuff that I remember. And I'm like, oh, I love I would love to rewatch that. Like there's a little bit of hesitation in rewatching this because of the material being so heavy. Yeah. And I get that entirely. Uh, and our rubrics are just different. I don't I mean, and I guess Believe me, I love the Woman Fuzzy episodes as well, but I also love the shit where it gets a little sticky and a little messy and a little real. And outings happen, you know what I mean? And they're 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 messy and they're and they're fucked up, but they they happen, especially in high school, because people don't know how to act. So I like the fact that this is something that's addressed. I like the fact that we are getting some more. Um, like, and Naya Rivera is a really great actress on this on this series, and I don't think that she is talked about as much uh, as the other actors are, and it's a crying shame. And I think this is, she is the star of this episode. And so I, uh, yeah, it's Santana. So Mm -hmm. zero slushies for me. I fuck with it. All right, gold stars. All right, so let's like eliminate some people. I, not Rachel, I don't care about this little, I love Kurt speech. Uh, no, thank you. Kurt didn't do a whole lot. I, I feel like I'm looking at Shelby a little bit. Um, Shelby had a good episode standing up for herself and for her daughter and not letting little Quinn push her around, push her around, standing up for Mercedes in that part of the episode. Uh, the numbers were all good, as mentioned. The trouble tones absolutely kill it. Um... Kurt standing up for Rory, Rory being uh, adorable every time that there was the uh, the stuff with Finn and him trying to like get, you know, try to try to keep things calm between him and Santana. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I think maybe I'm down to Rory or Shelby. 
Um, I think I'll go Shelby here. She is a pretty big player in this episode while, you know, her coming together with Will and deciding that they should, you know, be at peace here. And all she's trying to do is, you know, she had good intentions when she brought Quinn, uh, you know, in to be part of Beth's life, or she at least extended the olive branch for that to be a possibility. And just because Quinn has decided to be terrible, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, Shelby's like that Shelby did anything wrong in here well she didn't do nothing wrong her kissing puck that was something wrong but she is not letting it happen again so uh for this episode I will I will go with uh Shelby all right um hmm I feel like there's a lot of good contenders here I liked what Mercedes did this episode but we just didn't get a lot of her but that doesn't really matter to me as much anymore I don't need you to be as you know I need you I don't need you to be the forefront of this episode to get the gold star and I know we, we, we often like give it to actors a lot. It will be like, oh, this person was a great, you know, did a great job portraying this character. But I, I just had such a good time with all of the actors. And, uh, you know, that's what I was just saying, how they all did a great job. So I have a hard time being like, you know, let me give it to Santana, because despite Naya Rivera doing a great job with the acting, Santana has a pretty rough episode of being very mean to people. So hard to go that way for at least me. I think I'm just gonna, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Puck here because... I think that in the beginning of the episode, he's very inappropriate. I mean, she's a teacher. I mean, yes, technically, it's not illegal. She would still lose her job, though, because she shouldn't be having sex with students. Um, it's not illegal, but it's not ethical as far as school standards are concerned. But I, I just like what Puck did towards the end of this episode. And I'm not going to put the onus on him to know to not behave this way because she's the adult here. Um and I, but I just like the fact that he came clean about everything and he is able to have this realization where he knows that Beth was not a mistake and that he just wants to be in her life and he wants to help Shelby and he just, he just wants to be there for his daughter. And I just think that that's growth once again. So if you give it to Shelby, I'll give it to Puck. Hey, we just uh, flopped completely from uh, episode two when you gave it to Shelby. I gave it to Puck, and now we're uh, just switching things up here. So fun <laughs> fact of the uh, chart reading here. So, all right. Well, Shelby and Puck with some gold stars, very low on the slushy ratings. And rumor has it someone like you is in the books. I'm sure it's going to come up a whole lot again when we get to the end of season podcast and compare it with all the other there's a lot of good songs in this season, so I'm sure it's going to come up again. But I think that's all I've got for now for uh, episode six. All right. Join us next time in the choir room for episode seven. I kissed a girl. I believe we have a guest on this episode, right? We do. Kirsten McInnes. Yes. Just hop right on over to get the return of Kirsten McInnes on, to the choir room. Um, in the meantime, make sure that you are following us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us individually. Matt's at Matt Ligori. I'm Adamon Adwin. Leave us star ratings and reviews. We will read them aloud on the podcast if you leave them. So go ahead and do that. Yeah, just, yeah, you. Go ahead and do it. Just just sit there and do it. Just open your phone. Go to iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast right now and just leave that review. It'll be amazing. Thanks. Love you. And if there is nothing else, Matt, we'll see you guys at sectionals. Sometimes it hurts instead.